Welcome to the Sports Girly Podcast, your home for snackable sports for the girlies that kind of care. Welcome back, sports girlies. It's been a minute, but as I said before, just figuring it all out and sometimes you're just going to have to be without me, but I'm working on a schedule that kind of makes this easier and more of a priority so that you can learn more about sports because that's ultimately why I'm here is because there was a time when I knew absolutely nothing about sports and I wish there was a girly out there like me that could at the time explain it to me in layman's girly terms. So not really much more to update. We are headed into the holidays. So, you know, things are going to be picking up there. But most importantly, as we know, the holidays also is football season. And football season also means college football season. And that is ultimately my favorite of all the sports is college football. That being said, that's what I did last weekend was my husband and I went to the ASU-USC game because we have no skin in the game. We, I mean, we could literally throw a rock onto the football field from where we live. So we figured why not go? And if you know, Caleb Williams is their star quarterback for USC and is a Heisman Trophy winner. He also is projected to be the number one draft pick. I'll get into that in a little bit. But to kind of educate myself on USC, other than just like what I know of USC is that Rob Kardashian went there and Kourtney Kardashian went there. And as I told my husband, we are supporting Rob Kardashian right now. You know, his baby mama was giving him drama. Then she found the Lord, took out her butt implants and like things might be on the, you know, uptick for them. Maybe not relationship wise, but anyways, we stand Rob Kardashian and he needs our support. And so I went into that game rooting for USC in solidarity for Rob Kardashian. The logic doesn't really make sense to other people, but it makes sense to me. So before we go to the game last Saturday, we decided to watch the USC documentary, the 30 for 30, called The Trojan War. And this takes place when Reggie Bush goes to USC. So we have Reggie Bush and Pete Carroll is the coach. And Pete Carroll now is the coach of the Seahawks. And we all know Reggie Bush ended up with Kim Kardashian for a short time. And so it was really interesting, star-studded. And the documentary itself, like, really was, it was prime time to watch it, no pun intended. But, you know, Mr. Primetime, Deion Sanders, is the coach of the University of Colorado. And while they did lose this past week, they've really kind of had this star-studded sidelines of celebrities going to their games and really like he's kind of in the media, just kind of like stirring up, you know, gossip and drama and like being the primetime self that he is. Like if you know, like back in the day when he was for the Cowboys, like he fit the mold of the Dallas Cowboys so well just because whether the Cowboys win or lose, like their fans are there and their fans show out. And I'm telling you, Dallas Cowboy fans are the best dressed fans that there is. Like women dressed to the nines for a football game. It's pretty impressive. But anyways, 
So there's just a lot of parallels with the USC team during that Reggie Bush era, as well as like what's going on at Colorado. Like only time will tell because we're only in game, you know, week four, going into week four, I guess, of college football. So Colorado still has a lot to prove, but it was just kind of interesting to see that like, what, like 10, 15 years later, it's kind of happening all over again where you've got like this star-headed coach, he's bringing in a lot of celebrities to kind of then help with recruiting, that sort of thing. And that's exactly what Pete Carroll did back when he became the coach of USC. So Pete Carroll knew like this is the Hollywood college, like they have the best like film school. It draws in a lot of like boosters and you know celebrity like funding and things like that just from people that have you know graduated from there that end up being you know in the industry as they say and Pete Carroll was not dumb to that he figured why not take full advantage of this and bring those people out because he's smart and it does lead to better recruiting results and you know back then like there wasn't social media to really like have like these Bama Rush things that are going to bring in recruits. So they kind of had different ways of doing it. Well, anyways, the documentary is going on and like they're undefeated. You know, Reggie Bush is a Heisman Trophy winner and, you know, runner up, I think more than twice. I think there was three times that he was up there for the Heisman Trophy winner. Not to mention like the quarterback for USC. He won the Heisman Trophy at one point. Like, I mean this school was good. This team was great. And it had been a long time since they had kind of had this like fanfare and this like these glory days. Now we go back and like you think about it now, well, Reggie Bush ended up losing his Heisman Trophy. And he also, the team had to forfeit all of those wins from when Reggie Bush was there. So USC is now going through like a resurgence and, you know, coming back to this as this great school with Caleb Williams. So it was just a perfect time to watch the documentary. And I highly recommend it was really educational, but also like cool to see all these celebrities like involved in USC. Like I had no idea that Snoop Dogg was a fan, had no clue, but you know, Pete Carroll's got him in there rapping, you know, during team meetings and stuff like so smart to like get the buy-in from those players like Pete Carroll that was a genius move and I'm kind of jumping all over the place watch the documentary it's a 30 for 30 and I've said this before like 30 for 30s are a great way to learn about sports and kind of get a little bit more invested in a game before you go i.e. why we watched it before we went to the ASU USC game this past Saturday I'm not going to sit here and break down the entire documentary for you. Go and watch it um, if it is something that has piqued your interest based on what I've said. But it was just really cool to kind of see like how this team just they took no for an answer. And whenever you watch, at least in my experience, when I've watched a documentary or like seen players like the way they talk about the season and if they go into it like we're winning the Super Bowl, we're winning, you know, the championship if the whole team is bought in on that, like you have a superior chance of winning, whether you have the talent or not. It's pretty wild, like how motivation can just like spark wins. Now, going back to 
this past Saturday, we saw ASU play USC at home at ASU. ASU is not ranked. They're not good. They don't have any players worth mentioning. Like, it's just not their time. Uh, so the game, as far as like the spread, like, so the spread is like when people bet on sports. So if your significant other ever talks about the spread, it's what the probability of them winning the game is. Let's just say it was not good for ASU. However, you know, it, I, I don't know. Maybe this is just my way of thinking, but I think that sometimes when you play ASU at home at ASU and it's before October, ASU kind of has an advantage just because of the amount of heat it is, like how hot it is here. Like people are not used to it. So that being said, ASU did give USC a run for their money. And that is one thing about watching college sports. It's like you forget when you're watching the NFL, like, Yes, there's a lot of stop and start and, you know, penalties and things like that that happen, but like they still look fluid and they still look like they know what they're doing, whether they execute the play or not. College sometimes, and you notice it more, in my opinion, in college basketball, but it's messy. Sometimes it's real messy and it's like, well, they're kids and, you know, they haven't been doing this forever and they haven't been playing on, you know, a stage like this with this many people for a long period of time to kind of be a veteran in that environment. So that's kind of how the game started on Saturday was you just had USC just kind of, it didn't seem like they were all on the same page. And because I went into it rooting for USC and we were sitting on the ASU side, like your girl had to really like, I had to still root for my team because, you know, as you know, we are here for Rob Kardashian and USC and, Hopefully, Caleb Williams can, like, pull it through. I'm not going to give you a play-by-play of the game. Like, I couldn't if I wanted to. But it, it was still good. Like, it was nice to see a good game where it wasn't just a shutout where we, we had kind of walked into it thinking that's what it was going to be. And honestly, it wasn't even extremely hot. So that was also nice. Where we sat was right in, we were the second row on the ASU side and the cheerleaders are right in front of us so like that's another great thing hot tip is like find some other entertainment for like when you're kind of bored of the game and I mean they were great like they were you know they had tricks it was it was entertaining so that was always something to kind of like to watch when like the game was kind of boring but anyways they did a halftime drone show which was really cool um i had never seen one of those before that must be like the new thing um so that was fun usc did end up winning but yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it and whenever my team's not playing and usc is playing like that's who i'll be rooting for because now your girlie's a usc fan Okay, this is what I wanted to tell you guys about Caleb Williams. So, like I said, he's the Heisman Trophy winner and is projected to be the number one draft pick. Well, what your husband's talking about right now probably is how the Cardinals are basically trying to sabotage their season so that they end up with the number one draft pick, which, you know, in basketball, the Dallas Mavericks actually just got into some trouble for doing that very thing. Um, fines involved, things like that. It's just like, you just can't do that. Like we're already, 
there's our suspicion that like sports are being manipulated and there's like a script and all of this stuff but let's not further that suspicion by like sabotaging things just so that we can like get the number one draft pick now on the flip side What's really interesting is Caleb Williams' dad came out about a week ago and was like, well, if Caleb has to go to a bad team, he's just going to stay in college. Now, granted, Caleb Williams has said absolutely nothing, and this is kind of like fizzled out now that I'm telling you all this, but it just goes to show like there's some generational issues with like the wanting of instant gratification like yes I understand like your body's only good for so long and getting on a good team so that you can win and all of that is great and you want to do that as soon as you can so that your body is healthy enough to get your team like across the finish line however like that's just the price you pay when you're the number one draft pick is you are now the face of that team to kind of bring them back to like a heyday and then they get more people that want to be on that team and they can draft more players and like trade for more players and things like that so I just find it really interesting that his dad came out and said something like that and it kind of is setting the tone for like how the draft may go this coming June so I just thought that was an interesting tidbit I wanted to share with you guys too what else is going on in sports right now truly nothing other than the Travis and Kelsey of it all like not at Swifty. I am, I like her music. I think that she is methodical in the, the decisions that she makes for her business. And she does treat every aspect of the industry like it is a business. And I think that's really smart to do it that way. I feel like you don't get, not like I have any earthly idea what it's like, but I feel like you don't get kind of wrapped up in it if you treat everything like it's just a transaction. And it does seem to be that she kind of does that. And so she, Travis over, well, I guess since really the tour, the Eras tour started, Travis Kelsey came out and made a bunch of bracelets for the tight end university that George Kittle for the 49ers host. And it's like sponsored by Charmin and Chubbies. And I think they do it on like his Tennessee property. Like it's a big thing. So for this, I like let's say tight end summer camp that they ho- they have, Travis Kelsey went with bracelets because that's what t- Taylor Swift's like fans do is they like trade fresh friendship bracelets and things like that. So Travis Kelsey made one with his phone number and he really wanted to give it to Taylor Swift when she was in Arrowhead where the Chiefs play and did her stadium tour. She, obviously like he didn't give it to her, whatever, whatever. So it's kind of been the media that like he's interested, you know, she doesn't really come out and say a whole lot, but last weekend, this past Sunday, Taylor Swift was at Arrowhead watching Travis Kelsey and they ended up leaving together. They had dinner. They were out past 1am. Like just what I've scrolled through the internet. I mean, you really cannot avoid this information. Um, it looks cute. Like I don't know. There's a, I'm not, I don't know Taylor Swift lyrics well enough to know like how impactful this is for Swifties, but I think the song is called Miss America and it's basically kind of breaking down, like watching her boyfriend play football while she's in the, you know, bleachers and anywho. So it's cute. I hope it works for them. I do foresee something happening along the lines of like 
their schedules just didn't work out or blah, blah, blah. But from a sports fan perspective, if you thought the Chiefs were winning the Super Bowl, it ain't happening. Like, this is just too much, too much media, too much hype. And that's just my negative Nancy thought on that one. But I do kind of hope that like, they move into like the private era of their relationship because I find it a little alarming that we're asking Patrick Mahomes about Taylor Swift in the post-game press conference. Like she has nothing to do with the game. So that's just me as from my like sports fan perspective. I feel like it's really not the time or the place, but I digress. I do hope that if they are meant to be together, that they can be together and they can find a way to make that work. You know, one positive thing about, you know, the Chiefs, if they don't make it very far in the playoffs, is that he might have more downtime with Taylor Swift so they can actually see where this relationship takes them. So that would be a positive for them and for the rest of us. So they aren't, you know, trying to get to the Super Bowl again. All right. And we're going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast episode, kind of breaking down fantasy. I'm sure your boyfriends, husbands, whoever are in fantasy leagues, maybe you decided to join a fantasy league like I did. And I'll be honest, like I've really learned a lot about individual players and kind of the game from like a different perspective by doing fantasy. Um, It's a little bit frustrating because you, you know, you draft these players thinking like, oh, I've got this like rock solid team. And then, you know, injuries happen. You never know. So anyways, we're in week three way fantasy works as it goes, you know, Thursday to Monday. So then by Tuesday, you know, like who won for the week. As of right now, I have not won a single week. And sometimes that's just how the fantasy ball bounces. But what's interesting to know is that my team was projected to have won by like, I think a hundred and like 60 points. However, who I was going up against ended up beating me because at the end of the day, Joe Burrow, who was like my number one pick, he didn't really play that much. I know he's dealing with like a calf injury. Um, Maybe I should let him borrow my calves, but, and I say that because like I have massive muscular calves. If you know, you know me. Um, but anyway, so Joe Burrow has been dealing with that and he was projected to give me like 23 points. And I think he ended up giving me 10, eight points. He gave me eight points. Are you kidding me? Like I could have gotten more points from like a quarterback that was on the bench. But anyway, so Joe Joe Burrow stunk it up and he has for the past three weeks. Then also I had... Um, Pitts, who plays for Atlanta. He's a tight end. He was projected to be really good this year. He didn't even give me 10 points. For a tight end to not even give you 10 points, that's pretty embarrassing. And then really what saved me and got me as close as possible to winning, I ended up with 152 points. So I for sure would have won if Joe Burrow had put up the projected points he was supposed to give me, but I digress. It was really those 49ers. I've got a ton of 49ers players and their defense did really, I I have the 49ers defense. Um, They did really well for me. Debo Samuels did really well for me. And so there's that. But the previous week, what ended up happening was the Cardinals were doing really, really well against, I forget who they were playing. I think it was the Giants. 
And the person I had ended up having like the Cardinals defense or something. And so they beat me because they're no one for the Cardinals was like expected to like win. So it's just kind of interesting how it works going into this week. Let's see what I've got. It doesn't tell me. So I don't know who I'm playing. I don't know what my projected points are for this coming week, but we shall see how it goes. But I will say it's really fun. And if you haven't already, I would definitely join a league next year because it gives you something to like look out for on the field and and learn a little bit more. It's real fun. So that is my soapbox for fantasy. Okay, so I always love and find it so interesting, like the interweb, like family tree ways of like how things can be intertwined like in sports. And here's a fun, fun one for you. So we talked about University of Colorado um, with Deion Sanders as their head coach. Well, there is like, a guy named Gabe Lynn. He's like in charge of like team relations. Like I think he was like a defensive coach at one point. Don't quote me, but he works for the University of Colorado. Gabe Lynn is married to Nicole Lynn, who is the agent for Jalen Hurts. Now Jalen Hurts is sister is Nicole and she's the one that got him like the best contract and all of that sort of stuff. So I just thought that was really interesting that like who would have known? Um, internet's great in some, you know, ways like that. So I found that a fun little factoid I wanted to share with you guys before we wrapped it up for this week, but I love you guys so much and I will be back next week with just like top sports information, kind of like what is your husband talking about so that you're in the know. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at sports girly podcast and thanks for listening. Love ya. Bye. Bye.